Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I'm married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and and I'm in a different part of the country. I I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're really reenacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? I got an interesting email this week. He's from a woman who actually had a dilemma with her husband. I started to talk about this last week and then I got interrupted because I had a call. So I, I wanted to go back to her, her email. Because it was interesting. She said, hi, Carol. My husband has had a relapse. We have been in recovery since 1998. He called your show several months ago. This is his third relapse since that time. He's been going to groups, counseling, and for the last two and a half years, he's been looking at porn on his work computer at home and at work. He started seeing a CSAT. Now, a CSAT is a certified sexual addiction therapist. Uh, that's what I am. We were trained by ITAP, uh, which is Patrick Carnes's group. So she says he started seeing a CSAT per your recommendation and confessed to her. He is working the Out of the Shadows Workbook by Patrick Carnes. Yes, I always recommend that workbook, and I actually buy bunches of them and sell them to my clients. She says, I'm trying to decide if I should stay in the marriage or should I leave. Currently, we're doing an in-house separation. Part of my boundaries to feel safe is for him to have a polygraph. Can you recommend somebody in Florida? She says, I have listened to your show on sexhelp.com, and I've also listened to Betrayal recovery radio. That's my other show. I do that on Thursdays for partners. Both have been very helpful. I know you have talked about polygraphs in the past, say, um, because it's so important for, for me to deal with 
what she's actually dealing with, is that I say, you know, I get that you are having difficulty figuring out what to do next. And so if you want to call the show, we can talk more. She then sent me an email and said, hey, I have one more question, Carol. My husband CSAC is urging me to talk with a CSAC counselor before the disclosure to prepare me. Oh, I definitely believe that this woman needs to be prepared. You should never, as a partner or an addict, into a disclosure without lots and lots of preparation and lots and lots of safety. You know, the disclosure is an opportunity to hear everything, the entire truth. It's for the partners so that he or she will know that there are no more secrets and she'll stop getting staggered disclosures. And it's for the addict to get all of the secrets out so he or she will no longer feel like they're holding a secret that's keeping them from connecting and and developing intimacy. She said, now, Carol, I thought the partners were supposed to talk with APSAT, that's APSATS, which is the Association for Partner Specialists of Sexual Addiction. And to be real honest, either one of these groups do a good job. There is no doubt that APSATS is more partner-sensitive because our clients, but, you know, I'm an APSATS and a CSATS. So if you can find a CSAT who has an APSATS training, you are getting um, a double bang for your buck. That's the way I would go. And if you can't, then I would interview that CSAT and find out what are you going to do to keep me safe? Because here's what you need to do. If you're in a disclosure situation, you should be writing out every question you have wanted to know from the addict so that all your questions get answered. You should also be coming up with polygraph questions so that you can polygraph him or her at the end of the disclosure. So now I'm just going to treat you for who you are. You're a woman. And so I'm just going to tell you that you should have worked or need to work counselor, whether they're an APSATS or a CSAT, at least two or three sessions to make sure all your needs are being met. You're the victim in this. You need to have special consideration. And you know what I find? Addicts that work with me who want to do a good disclosure want to make sure their partner is safe because they're tired of withholding information, traumatizing their wife or husband. They want to do this right. That's the good news. So my, my listener says, my husband CSAT said it would be better for me to talk with a CSAT, again, that's Certified Sexual Addiction Therapist, because they have more training. Oh, well, that's absolutely positively not true. I'm sorry that your counselor feels that way, but both an APSATS or a CSAT therapist have good training. 
My experience, again, is that APSATs, being partner-sensitive, have better training for the partners. Although, I've been working with Stephanie Connors. I've seen what she's been doing for partner training, and, and I do believe that CSATs are getting better at knowing how to be partner-sensitive. The last thing we want to do is pit two organizations against each other. These are two fine organizations that are doing the best that they can. So, again, my listener says, she suggested I pick a CSAT or come and talk with her. Then after disclosure, talk with her again. What are your thoughts on this? So I say, hmm, already your CSAT doesn't exactly know the real truth. So I'm a little nervous. It sounds like... She thinks she knows, or he knows. I don't know why I think it's a woman. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, because you said she said it would be better for me to talk with CSAT. Um, here's what I believe to be true. Ask her if she knows of somebody who is an APSAT and a CSAT. You know, you're looking for somebody in Florida. And I can recommend to you, although I'm not sure he does this work, but James Anir and Sharon Ryerson from Core Behavioral Health, they're in Florida, and they are, well, James is a CSAT supervisor and an APSAT. He can at least get you to the right people. Because, again, we want you as a partner to be absolutely attended to through this process. This discovery is for the partner. You know, it's for the entire family. There's no doubt about it. But from an APSAT standpoint, this is for you to get the truth. You have been living in lies and deceit forever and ever and ever. And you deserve the truth. Okay? So uh, go to Core Behavioral Health and, um, you know, email the info box and ask for James. Tell him I sent you and see if he won't get you the information that you desire about who's available in Florida. I know they're not in your city, and I'm not going to share what city that is for your confidentiality, but he's pretty connected, and he would likely be able to answer that. I really, really, really want you to get good help. Okay, so hopefully I have helped shed some light on this interesting email. Now, you know, if you heard the intro, I'm sure if you've been listening to the show, you could probably repeat it verbatim. Um, one of the things is that this truck driver who is saying, you know, why is it that I want what I, can't, what I want and when I can't have it, I want it more, and then when I get it, I don't want it anymore. That is so much a part of sexual addiction. For so many sex addicts, it is the pursuit, it is the chase, it is the seduction, and that is more important than the sex. So when this truck driver said, what is it about this? Why is it that I want what I can't have, and then when I get it, I don't want it anymore? Wow. That is a characteristic of sex addiction. And, you know, for my listening audience, you probably know that that can be a lot of what 
um, human behavior is all about. You know, men that date women and women that date men, once they feel secure in a relationship, they might have difficulty dealing with the actual relational component and decide, no, I'd rather go look for the fantasy and the thrill and the excitement and the seduction. The relationship is not what I really want. Well, I'm not here to pathologize you. If you don't want a relationship, that's absolutely fine. But what I do know to be true is that lots and lots of people do want a relationship. And unfortunately, you may be hooking up with somebody who wants a relationship, and they're like, how come this person acted so into me? Now they have me. They've committed to me. We're married. And they seem so bored. They seem so disinterested. They seem like they have intimacy anorexia. Um, that is a term that's been used a lot lately. And um, although, you know, we know that labels are not necessarily helpful, we also believe that a lot of our clients do want labels. They want to understand what is going on in their lives. And if you're somebody that wants a label so that you can understand what's going on, I really don't blame you. If you're somebody that you can't seem to have a relationship with somebody, then why don't you go ahead and get the book, Intimacy Anorexia, by Doug Weiss. It's it's interesting. It talks about the fact that a lot of our clients are relationally challenged. And I'm going to tell you one more thing that I'm really excited about. I just submitted my book to be published um, how to Help Her Heal, a sex addict's workbook to developing empathy. And empathy is such an important relational quality. I cannot wait for you to see it. I cannot wait for you to work the workbook and to develop the skills you need to create intimacy and develop the trust, the authenticity, and the transparency you need to get healthy. There just aren't enough resources out there for you, but there, you know, we're building on it. And that's why I am interviewing people from the Auto Circle Recovery. You know, there's this place called the Henry House, and it's an 11-bed, male-only recovery residence designed to assist individual, individuals in their next step of recovery. And boy, what I know to be true is that it is so important for clients who go through treatment to be in an environment where they're safe and where they're getting extra sobriety and recovery. And so I'm going to be interviewing some people tonight who are going to be talking about the Henry House and Outer Circle Recovery is. So I'm going to welcome them to the show. Hi, this is Carol Sheets, a.k.a. Carol the Coach, and I'm excited to have you on the show. Are you there? Yes. Who do I have on the phone? Oh, this is Ryan. Hi, Ryan. It's important for us when we're working with people to really get the information that we need to understand what resources are out there. And so 
that's what this show is all about. It's about seeking resources and finding out what is out there to support you in your sexual addiction. Hi, this is Carol jurgensen Sheep, and who do I have on the phone? This is Ashley Smart calling from Outer Circle Recovery. Yay, Ashley. Yeah, I was really happy to have you on the show to talk about this incredible program. Do you have anybody joining us tonight? I don't. It will just be me calling in, talking about our program. Okay, I didn't know. I, I knew that Tim had created this program that would be an exclusive and inclusive of the kind of recovery men need to maintain their um, sexual addiction sobriety. So I just wasn't sure if he'd be joining us. But Ashley, you advocate for this programming because you know that it is so important for the addicts that are getting out of recovery, right? Oh, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I can speak a little bit about that and just kind of like the genesis of this program and and how it was created. Um, And so, you know, you've spoken or been in contact with my colleague, Tim Kiernan, and we actually um, were both therapists in an inpatient uh, treatment center, and we both worked Mm -hmm. in the men's sex addiction recovery program. And as a result, or the way that the program was structured that we worked at, Uh, we were in charge of discharge planning for our clients. So after working with them in an inpatient facility for anywhere from 30 to 90 days, depending upon how long they stayed, it was then our responsibility to find appropriate uh, outpatient services for them. And what we would find time and time again, I mean, we just hit block after block after block. You know, you you have... uh, a a man entered treatment for sex addiction and he's solely sex addiction. There's not any cross addiction with alcohol or drug. Um, And we had a very, very difficult time finding adequate resources as they returned to their hometown or most specifically, I would say it it was around um, the next step for them as they were stepping down. And as clinicians, of course, we're looking at, at clinical markers. How do we best set this individual up for, for success in their, in their recovery journey. And again, you know, it would make so much sense, man, it could really, they could really benefit from a step down program into like a sober living facility, or sometimes people say, Oh, is it like a halfway house? So those sober living and halfway house sometimes get interchanged. So there could be maybe a little confusion around there, but as we talk about our program, Uh, or what Outer Circle has to offer. I think that there will be some clarity around that. Anyway, um, so time and again, uh, what we would run into is there just wasn't a place for us to be able to send these men who were looking for appropriate or, you know, looking for some recovery services. Um, And I also had several situations where, again, working with clients and and doing discharge planning. And there was what we call cross addiction. So there were, you know, alcohol or drug addiction along with the sex addiction. And as we were looking at different sober living opportunities for them, found it very, very difficult for these men to be supported in their sexual addiction recovery. 
And so, you know, when I would call and talk to these house managers or even, you know, some of these program directors, depending upon, you know, who, uh, where I was, where I was seeking services, you know, I would get answers like, no, you know, they, they won't be able to work on their sex addiction here. They've just, they've just got to do the NA program or they've just got to do the AA program depending upon um, what, what fit. And again, you know, there, and there was just so much lack of understanding and awareness. So Tim and I, and as we were working together, just as we were talking about it one day and came up with this idea, we're like, wouldn't it be awesome to have a place that would be supportive of every addiction across the board, whether it's a process addiction or a substance addiction, but that it would be a safe um, place for men to come in their next journey of recovery. Okay, so who was independently wealthy that put this house together, the Henry house, (laughs) and make this happen? (laughs) So, yeah, so we were very blessed in in that regard. And um, there's a a gentleman by the name of of Alan uh, O'Brien. He's also, if you go to our website, you can read the bios up there. And... um, and I just, I, I knew him on a, on a personal level and we would have discussions and, you know, kind of floated this idea by him or not idea. I was just talking about him. And this was like in a five-year plan for me, you know, it was just like, yeah, you know, how we have, I have this idea, you know, colleague of mine, yada, yada, you know, just, just talking one day. And, and then he approached me, well, you know, a little while later and he said, you know, I think I'd really like to talk to you more about this idea you have. He's like, I, I think I could really be interested in it. And I was like, what? Okay, well, <laughs> we'll go ahead and strike while the iron's hot. And uh, and so, yeah, so we really just got the ball rolling, rolling that way. <clears throat> well, I, and I've got to really say, I so appreciate your due diligence, because clearly, I've been working with sex addicts for over 15 years. And mm-hmm. there are no facilities that help support them and create an environment for ongoing recovery when they're not really ready to go back into their own situation because they know that there aren't enough supports set up for them yet. And they, they need more right. time to practice the skills and the resources to make their life happen. So it's like you thought about it. You you created it. Your higher power brought it to you, and I'm sure yeah. this has been an amazing journey. Tell us a little bit about Henry House. What is it like? Oh, a day in the life. So I'll, I'll walk you. I'll walk you through there. So um, Henry House is uh, really a. It's a more structured program. So I'll give you that. In a way, you know, we aren't. A, a, an outpatient um, treatment program or an intensive outpatient, but our program is really structured like one. So at okay. Henry House, first of all, you're in a beautiful facility. It's a home that was originally built in around, I want to say the 1890s, and it has undergone a, like a $2 million renovation, and, and there's really been a lot of integrity and original integrity and character left in the home, which there's a lot of symbolism there for us when we talk about recovery and, you know, making the old new or, you know, redoing, right? We're redoing life in a lot of ways when we're in recovery. 
So um, there's a lot of la- a labor of love just even in, in the facility. And so it is an 11 bed. Um, so it's, it's a smaller recovery home, an 11 bed facility, male only. And it is really focused. Um, well, and, and so the day to day, I can, I can tell you, you know, they are involved in a group every single day. Um, whether it's a life skills group or um, a therapist-led process group, they have community meeting in the morning. Um, clients who come are plugged into services for them that revolve, or, you know, that that a sense that we call it kind of concierge approach here. So when we get a referral, and whether it's the potential client themselves or another therapist reaching out to us saying, Hey, I've got this client. Here's what's going on. This kind of thing. We really take individuals on a case by case basis. Um, meaning that we, we look at their individual needs and then we plug them in to what we believe will be the services that will promote further healing in their recovery journey. So they, um, they do two individual therapy sessions per week like I said, they're in a, in a group every day. Um, they have volunteer requirements in the community. There's also 12-step meeting attendance requirements <clears throat> on a weekly basis. Um, and, the, and it can be traditional 12-step. We also, in Nashville, um, have ability to plug people into refuge uh, meetings as, as well. Um, so it's, if someone isn't, you know, if they've tried 12 step, maybe it doesn't really fit for them. We do have some alternatives for them that will give them that rich experience of being connected and accountable, which we know are two key components for successful recovery. Oh yeah. I definitely know the connection is the antidote for sexual addiction because it's all about creating a new community to replace those old behaviors that distracted you from real intimacy. So how do people get Mm -hmm. referred to Henry House? So it it happens, you know, a couple of different ways. uh, Well, a few different ways, I guess. Um, So clinicians who are working in the inpatient facilities, and again, you know, when I was telling that story about how Tim and I found ourselves in circumstances, time and again, where it's like, man, we've got to discharge this, this client and shoot, like we're really concerned, you know, sending them straight back into the environment in which they came from. We, you know, we don't give it a very good prognosis. Um, so it could be that type of situation where a clinician reaches out to us and says, hey, we have... Um, the situation, you know, they've done inpatient, and then this is this is their step down. Individuals in, uh, or you know, therapists in the community can also reach out to us. And I wouldn't just say in the Nashville community, but you know, there could be another therapist out there who's been working with a client that's going, man. Best case scenario for this guy would be if we could even just do a step up program. Maybe they don't really need inpatient but they would really benefit from a more structured program. So we've had um, referrals from outpatient therapists as, as well um, as it's related <clears throat> to that. Um, so I would say like really between other facilities, um, other professionals, um, that's where we've really received our referrals from. 
So that's interesting. It's not like people that are being released necessarily from treatment centers. That's one way. But it's also for people uh-huh. that are struggling with their own outpatient therapy, and they need mm-hmm. more resources to be successful. So they come into the Henry mm-hmm. House and then get to practice with a community of people those recovery skills they need to be successful. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And it really is um, a a beautiful program. You know, we had a client recently whose um, home base was or is Atlanta, um, which is a three-hour commute from Nashville to Atlanta. And so as he was, you know, progressing in the program, we even, you know, we were able to integrate or start to integrate, you know, some of those resources in Atlanta, even before he discharged from our program. So it just really turned into a really smooth transition for him. Or even where, um, you know, his wife was still in the Atlanta area, the collaboration Mm -hmm. that was taking place between her therapist and his therapist here in Nashville, and then just kind of that that handoff to a therapist in, in Atlanta, again, has made, you know, for a much more streamlined process. Um, in in his journey, and it's really it's it's been exciting to to watch. Well, I bet. And so, let me ask you. I know that we can't talk money um, on a radio show. That would go against um, many rules and regulations. But what are the payment plans, or what what could somebody expect if they wanted to be at Henry House? Is there a, is there a an intake worker that works out the money part of it, does insurance cover, that kind of thing? Well, so here's, so yes, there's an intake worker that works on that, on that part of it. Um, And so when an individual who's interested in the program calls in, um, so they're, you know, they, they talk to um, either Tim or Alan or me, one of the three of us are going to get one of the three of us to talk to. But that intake individual really, you know, walks them through what some of these these options are. Um, you know, it's it's difficult as a sober living resident to be contracted with any insurance, <laughs> and as a result, so we may we're not contracted with on any insurance panel, but we definitely provide documentation that a client would need in order to file that claim. And we can also plug them into or or have a resource to plug them into um, that can even help them file that claim if they need that assistance. Okay, so let's talk now um, email or phone numbers. How can somebody get a hold of your organization? What's your website? What's your phone number? And what's the email? (laughs) Yeah. So our phone number is uh, 615 nine eight eight nine zero eight eight. So it's kinda, you know, some fun numbers there. Nine eight eight nine zero eight eight. Area code six one five. Our email, what you you'd want to email info at outer circle recovery dot com. And our website is www dot outer CircleRecovery.com. Okay, well, that is good information. And, you know, 
obviously your program's very structured. It offers groups, it offers therapy groups, it offers community groups, it offers life skill groups. And and you're in the mecca of what I call sexual addiction resources. Because Nashville yes, we are. really does have a wonderful um, grouping of resources, we treatment centers, intensives, CSATs. I mean, just amazing. So do you have a long waiting list? Um, we don't right now. We do have some open beds right now. Um, and so we're, we're in a position, you know, to be able to act quickly and get you into um, to the treatment quickly. So, um, but yes, we, I'm glad that you touched on the community. A lot of people don't realize what a resource Nashville is. And, and, you know, especially, I would say definitely in the sex addiction community, but, you know, also in the substance um, substance abuse as well. You know, the amount of, you know, drug and alcohol and, and sexual addiction 12-step meetings that are going on here, uh, you know, we've got over 500 a week um, just in, in this town alone. And one of the great things about where Henry House is located is it's located literally kind of in the middle of Nashville proper. So it just is, it's almost like, you know, folks in a tire, you know, you could go out any, any direction and within a short amount of, um, you know, distance, you're going to be able to find plenty of meetings to plug into. Also wanted to put out there as well. I actually have done a lot of touring of Nashville. You know, I'm based out of Indianapolis, which is in the Midwest. Uh And there was only one CSAT in a city of 2 million people And yet there are 200 CSATs in my neighboring city, Chicago. And so one Uh of the things I know about Nashville is it's one of the closest areas for good treatment in the Midwest. So if somebody doesn't want to fly, you know, they want to be able Mm -hmm. to drive and minimize their expenses. um, It's Mm -hmm. a great place to get, get fairly localized treatment. Now, I'm kind of wondering, when you're... When you're looking at a person and deciding if they're appropriate for the Henry House, what kinds of mm-hmm. things do you look at? Well, so we look at, um, first of all, what their treatment goals are, what it is that they are wanting to achieve. Secondly, you know, we also take a look at the kind of treatment that they have received or they haven't. You know, it's not you've had to have some in order to, to be with us, um, you know, like we've touched on before, again, I go to, you know, we're looking at, at clinical markers. So one of the things that sets Henry House apart is you have fully licensed, you know, clinic, clinicians on staff. So, you know, I'm an LPC, MHSP designation in Tennessee. Um, you know, Tim is an LMFT um, and we have other staff members that are also licensed clinicians. So you really have that clinical eye as well as experience of these individuals. We've been really blessed with individuals who've had a variety of experience. You know, you, you couple like inpatient experience with outpatient experience, um, their own recovery journeys. And, you know, so we really just assess the individual um, each individual that does come in, they also, as part of the program, receive a full um, 
what we call like a, a psych intake. So they, they sit down with a psychiatric nurse practitioner and, you know, cause we really take a, a you know, the full round uh, spectrum approach. We're looking at, at all aspects again, because we really want to set the addict up for a successful recovery journey. Well, and I've got another question for you because one of the things that I absolutely know to be true is I work with, with sex addicts and then I'm also a certified partner specialist from APSATS, which mm-hmm. means I know how to help partners and couples from a partner sensitive approach. And mm-hmm. I always talk to my groups because I have um, sex addiction groups. I say, you know, mm-hmm. if you're single, it's a lot more difficult for you because you don't have the accountability of a partner mm-hmm. living with you who is on some level very aware of her husband or um, his wife's acting out. So now mm-hmm. I know this is male, this is just for the male population, but mm-hmm. are these men primarily single or are they married? Um, the ones that we have had um, have been married. Um, okay. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, we're a fairly young program, and so I would say so far these individuals have been married. But actually, we um, we uh, we have a client that is coming to us that is that is single. Um, one of the things, you know, when we we talk single I, again, I'll just you know throw out there Nashville as as a community. Um, this is a great area and a great place, let's say, you know, for those young 20s that are still in college but are, you know, looking for because recovery. Um, there's a very young community here that is in recovery, and, you know, we're also in a community that has, I mean, you can throw a rock and hit a higher learning institution. Um, and so there's a lot of options, you know, for those individuals to continue to thrive in life. <clears throat> as it relates to, you know, and, and be in recovery. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So my question to you was going to be, if they are married, what, if any, coordination do you um, provide for the wife, the partner? So, yeah, I mean, and again, as I act as the clinical director and certainly foster open communication. Um, if a spouse is um, or partner is looking for resources, depending upon where they live or if they're already plugged in to resources, can certainly assist them there. If they're in a situation where they, um, if they're in the local community or if they're in a, in a situation where they can travel to Nashville, um, we certainly have the capability to set up intensives um, or even to do couples work. Um, so we really have a lot of options open to us. Wow, that's fantastic because I do think that unfortunately partners oftentimes get left out of the loop and and or oh, mm-hmm. they're not given the resources they really need to keep themselves safe and to provide that sense of security. So I'm glad to hear that you're willing to do mm-hmm. what it takes to make that happen. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you're right, you're a new program, and when I heard that you – had gotten started out, I sought you all out because I know how much we need 
sober living houses for our addicts. You know, no matter what the mm-hmm. addiction, truly for our sex addicts, you know, we mm-hmm. have some facilities here in Indianapolis, and it's probably, you know, if they house 20 addicts, at least 19 mm-hmm. of them are drug or alcohol addicts. So mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. it's important to be around fellowship and, and community so that they can really get healthy. What's the average amount, what's the average stay for somebody who is at Henry House? The, the average stay, I would say, is 45 to 90 days. Um, our program is really set up. It's, it's more of an extended living program. So I'd say 90, 90 days is that's more average. <clears throat> I'd be more average, three months. Okay, so that is the average, and that probably is a, a good enough amount of time to be able to, if you will, um, establish some well-developed recovery behaviors that you can take back home with you. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so talk a little bit about the recovery skills or resources they're given at the Henry House through Out of Circle Recovery. So I would say like as a whole or like the biggest one that, that stands out to me is these are individuals who are really learning about healthy intimacy and when I say intimacy, I know that you know this, Carol, but for those other listeners out there that may be listening, we're not talking about sex. We're talking about just appropriate emotional attachment. Um, and so living with a community of individuals where that is the focus and that there is accountability happening, um, you know, where there is accountability becomes a real game changer for these guys. And just being able to, you know, um, replaced the unhealthy coping mechanism and that escape and I feel pain, I want to get out of here with, um, again, with like connection and community and what it is to feel and to move through and to have support in the process. Um, so, so I would say that overall, you know, that would be like the overall, but to, to be more specific, you know, some of the life skills groups that, that we target, you know, it's things like um, budgeting, it would be nu- nutrition. Um, my gosh, I'm all of a sudden drawing a blank, but I would say like those would be like a couple of, of the life skills um, topics that, um, that, are, that are addressed. Um, there's also the opportunity or the, the skills part, I know what I was going to say. So when we're, our approach around addiction recovery is looking at what is really motivating that addiction and what is, and what is underneath that. And so as these individuals are plugged into therapists, we have them plugged into therapists that are not just addressing the addiction, but that they're also doing the trauma work, you know, the wounding. And so for these men to be able to walk out of therapy and be able to utilize tools on a daily basis that help them to make healthier choices for them and help them to stay connected to their authentic selves um, is, is huge. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I really know is that 
you know, men need to get that support from other men that really understand what this is all about. And that's when I talked with Patrick Carnes, um, you know, one of the things I said to him is, Patrick, does it matter that I'm a woman and I'm working with addicts? And he said, well, absolutely not. In some cases, I think it's actually easier to talk to a woman. And then I said, well, what would you advise me to do in terms of working with sex addicts? And he said, well, the number one thing I would advise you to do, Carol, is I would advise you to start a sex addiction therapy group because 12-step groups are imperative to recovery Mm -hmm. as far Mm -hmm. as I'm concerned. That's what he said. But he also Mm -hmm. said, it is important that they develop a fellowship where there can be lots of crosstalk in their own lives so that they call each mm-hmm. other, so that they get to communicate, so that the group starts before and after the 12-step meeting. And he said, you know, sex addiction groups are instrumental in helping people stay accountable. And so mm-hmm. truly, in a recovery center like yours at Henry House, it allows the addict to receive the fullest amount of connection with other fellowship members morning, noon, and night. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100% agree. So now, yeah. last but not least, you know, you're how old in terms of um, the facility? We have been open since... May, so we're six months into this. Okay, and one more time, remind our listening audience how they can get a hold of you, what's the website, phone number, and also email. So our website is www.outerschoolrecovery.com. Our email is info, so I-N-F-O, at OuterCircleRecovery.com. And we can also be reached by telephone at 615-988-9088. Well, let's just say that we have a listener who suspects that they have sex addiction and they're just tuning in for the very first time. I love the name of your recovery center. The Outer Circle Recovery. Would you explain that concept of the three circles and especially that Outer Circle Recovery? Absolutely. So I'm glad that you clued in on that. Um, We we love our name too, and it is symbolic or has a lot of meaning within the recovery, within the sex addiction community for sure. So um, it, it comes from an exercise called a three-circle plan where we have mm-hmm. the inner, the middle, and the outer circle. And, and so this is actually um, one of the first things that any addict in recovery tackles. I'll say hopefully one of the first things that they're tackling with, with their therapist um, because it really um, is a clarifying and identifying exercise for them. So in this inner circle, you know, you have your behaviors that, you know, that would constitute a relapse or essentially the behaviors that got you into treatment, into therapy, you know, whatever it is that you are there to tackle. Those are your bottom line behaviors that you are striving to stay away from. 
your middle circle acts as your, your warning signs, right? So what are the possible motivators? And so inside that circle, you're going to have emotions. You might have specific places, maybe even specific people um, that, you know, that you've known to be triggers for you. The outer circle. So in any time when we are striving to change a behavior, it's not just about taking something away. We want to replace. And that is really the focus of the outer circle. The outer circle is identifying all of the healthier coping mechanisms that you are able to tap into as an addict in recovery that can keep you in um, that can keep you in recovery as opposed to falling back into relapse or back into addiction. And so, when we look at healthier options, you know, I'm just going to kind of throw throw some out there, you know, you're looking at the support of, okay, I've got a 12-step group, I've got a sponsor, um, you know what, my my weekly group therapy with Carol the Coach, that's a, that's a great resource for me, um, you know, exercising, eating healthier, um, attending my church services or being involved with my, my church community, um, you know, and the list, the list can go on and on, and again, it's, it's very personal because you want it to work for the individual that you are working with. <clears throat> so outer circle recovery, that's where we, um, that's our name and where we came up with because we are really focused on the healthier coping mechanisms that are going, that's going to keep an individual on track in their recovery. And that is, those are the behaviors that we're striving for. You know, obviously that inner circle behavior are the deal breakers. Once somebody's in recovery, we hope that they've got their deal-breaking behaviors under control, but it is those middle circle behaviors, the slippery slope things that Mm -hmm. will take an addict down. So Mm -hmm. obviously the Henry House really works with those middle circle behaviors so that you don't fool yourself and think that you can flirt with some behaviors that aren't healthy. And then mm-hmm. the movement towards those outer circle behaviors are those behaviors that are going to make you a healthy and well-adjusted person. And I don't know what you think, Ashley, but one of the things I believe is when somebody gets in good recovery that's, that has had sexual addiction and they've learned how to manage it properly and they develop good outer circle behaviors they are healthier than 98% of all individuals out there. I mean, they are way better, way healthier, and way better well-adjusted than your neighbor, your pastor, your doctor, and um, Mm -hmm. your brother. So Mm -hmm. I always feel good when somebody really works a good recovery program because I know they're ascribing to principles that are going to keep them authentic, transparent, and maintaining good integrity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's really the key, and I like how you point that out, the, the integrity. And integrity is really um, an individual being congruent with themselves, with their, with their core values, and that is exactly what the outer circle focuses on, is, you know, what keeps you congruent with you and keeps you in your authentic self? 
Well, I so appreciate you spending time with us talking about this extra resource that is so badly needed. You know, one of the things I really believe from the bottom of my heart, and I've worked with thousands of addicts and thousands of partners, is that we may not have gotten into the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, but now that our global health organization has said the problematic sexual behavior is a real diagnosis, we are going to have more and more treatment centers, intensives, and sober living situations approved by insurance. And so you're at the mm-hmm. grassroots of that, but it's exciting to mm-hmm. see where you go with this beautiful home in Nashville, Tennessee. So I just admire, you know, the energy it took to put this thing together, and I'm so glad that the higher power kind of dropped in your lap somebody who was willing to help you make that dream come true. Yes, I, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for, you know, having us on and and highlighting our program. And, you know, even if there's someone out there that just has, you know, some general, some general questions, please don't hesitate. You know, we're here. We'll pick up the phone. We'll answer your emails. So, So thank you. Well, you're very welcome, and keep us posted about new services, new uh, recovery centers, and all the good work you're going to be doing in the next decade or two. We absolutely will. Thanks again, Carol. All right. You have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. So that was um, obviously a woman who had a dream and made it happen, and wow, how fortunate are we that somebody was innovative and put together with her cohort, Tim, a program, a project, and a resource that sex addicts really, really need. Again, I was talking with Ashley Smart, who has, with her cohort, Tim Kernan, created a program that offers 11 addicts an opportunity to stay in a recovery residence designed to assist individuals in their next step of recovery. The Henry House is a sober house and helps treat problematic sexual behavior by creating the therapeutic and community resources to help you really establish your recovery. And again, you can email at info at outercirclerecovery.com. The website is www.outercirclerecovery.com. And their phone number is 615-988-9088. I love it when new resources are being developed. And Nashville, Tennessee is a wonderful city with a lot of opportunities specifically for sex addicts. I do believe, I could be wrong, they really have more CSAT, Certified Sexual Addiction Therapists, than any other community I know. And um, that's where I did a lot of my supervision. That's where I got my training. And I love that it's only five hours away from Indianapolis, which, of course, is in the heart of the Midwest. Okay, well... We got to go, and you know, I know this is going to be Thanksgiving for a lot of you, and that means that you're going to be spending time 
with family members and friends. And let's face it, I've been running men and male and female groups forever. And they always say, oh, my gosh, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Family Day. It can be really tough if you have somebody who's alcoholic in your family or if you have somebody who has um, a personality disorder and you have to see them and you have to stay neutral and you cannot give them the power to make you feel anything. Because here's the deal. I'm not saying you can't feel. You've got to be able to feel. But as an addict in good recovery, you have to get to the point or somebody else's obnoxious, intolerable, um, pessimistic behavior cannot activate you to the point where you want to act out, where you want to participate in negative behaviors. You've got to insulate yourself and detach from that. So I hope Thanksgiving is absolutely wonderful. You know I always say there are three keys happiness and they are stay in the moment so really enjoy whoever you're with for Thanksgiving and if you're with somebody cantankerous find somebody that you do enjoy two use the attitude of gratitude and that's what Thanksgiving is all about look at what's working and not what isn't and three look at your recovery and ask yourself how am I stronger how how am I a better person And what have I learned this year since last Thanksgiving? Get yourself out of that victim role and empower yourself with a lot of growth. And we'll see you next week for more Sex Health with Carol the Coach. Hey, seriously have the courage to be yourself. We'll see you next Monday for more Sex Health with Carol the Coach.